slice of wisdom, a concept, a sentiment, a theory, and maybe even a rant from one of your industry colleagues. For the record. Hey, Carm Capriato here from Remarkable Results Radio and the Town Hall Academy. Welcome to episode six of For the Record. Everyone knows Gonzo from Gonzo's Toolbox, and he shares a life incident that forever changed his world. He has a strong message for you. For the Record brings you personal insights from your industry's colleagues. It's a short yet focused opportunity for a rhapsody or an opine from one of your industry colleagues that may just change your personal views. Here in Episode 6 is Scott Gonzo Weaver from Gonzo's Toolbox. Scott joined the Zipper Club when he had open-heart surgery. He says he had warning signs, but didn't listen to them. In this short monologue, he sets up for you the warning signs and consequences that a life-changing moment does to you, your family, and your life. The views and opinions expressed are those of my guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the author, sponsors, associates, or affiliates of LSTN Media LLC. For the record is sponsored by the Town Hall Academy, a summit of lessons from your own industry colleagues. They are conversations worth hearing. Find the talking points for Gonzo's rant and links to his previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash F006. Now let's listen to Gonzo for the record. Hi, this is Gonzo. You know Gonzo from Gonzo's Toolbox? Did you know uh, I had a little episode back in June 2017? Some people call it a heart attack. I call it a life-changing. It was not fun. I ended up with open-heart surgery. Now, if you've ever had any of the major surgeries ever done, you'll realize that uh, it is definitely a life-changing attitude or I don't know what else we'd call it, but... uh, uh, your life is going to change. The thing that I would like to tell everybody is uh, there is ways to avoid it. There are signs that you can look for. And I know, you know, I know we've all heard, hey, uh, listen to your body. You know, the, don't, don't get out there and just be an idiot and just work. And see, and I was, I was exactly that. I'd get up, have my coffee, same routine, get in the car, drive the same route, Go to the shop, open a shop, deal with the customers, the cars, the everything that involved in the shop, and then sometime at that afternoon, I go, okay, time to go home, same route home, in the traffic, get home, go, boy, I need to find something to alleviate because I'm I'm just I, I'm on a you know on on this edge, and oh, it might be like, well, let's go grab a beer, or I'd go out to my little workshop and I'd tinker with a wooden toy I was building, you know, just to. Just to take my mind off the shop in the in the daytime. Then one of my kids would come by and say, "Hey, what's going on, Dad? I said, Hi, Pud. What, what do we want to do? Oh, we want to go throw the ball, or you don't want to do this. Well, then you're you're off doing this, and then all of a sudden the wife wants something to do, and you're off doing it. Turns out I'm just as busy at home as I was at work, and it ended up being twenty four seven. And I did that every day, including Saturdays and Sundays. <clears throat> on the weekends, I'm an avid golfer. I have to admit that uh, I'm kind of uh, infatuated with golf. Um, I would go play golf. Well, there's a lot of times where playing golf got to be just as stressful because you're competing with yourself. And next thing you know, you're getting pissed off at a little white ball. And you have to say, hey, i got to calm down this. I, I, you know, I, I've got to get myself back in focus. Well, you can't because you're not listening to yourself. 
And more than likely, you're not listening to anybody around you. And when your wife says, you need to go get yourself checked out. You're slowing down. There's something wrong. Ah, it's not. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, that, then it came that time where I was getting to the point where I'm going, boy, I must be getting old. And I'm, I'm pushing 60 now. Gee whiz. I mean, I'm not a young pup. So that's why I thought, oh, I'm just slowing down. So uh, I got home one night, and uh, I was remodeling um, the den, putting down a hardwood floor with my son. And I got three rows. Now, it's probably, I don't know, 17 foot wide. Three rows of six-inch, eight-inch wide planks, you know, hardwood floor. I put three rows down. I had to stop. I mean, seriously, I had to stop. I was out of breath. And I, ugh, you are just getting old. And my son, and he was 20 at the time, 21, he's carrying in the whole entire box of floor pieces, one after another. He went, come on, Dad, let's go. I couldn't do it. I had to stop. And I just sat there on the floor, catching my breath. And then when I thought I, I had it, I moved on and uh, continued on the floor. And then, then I got, let's call it the second wind, and I was ready to rock and roll. And uh, I think within the next couple hours, my son and I had the floor done. You know, but... There it was. I'm still at it. And did I see any signs at that point? No. Should I? Absolutely. Now, after the heart surgery, after mothballing my shop for six months, I finally had to reduce the price and sell it. So I sold it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a shop owner. I'm still much have a whole lot to do with the business of automotive, you know, teaching, I go to the conventions, I do a lot of writing, I, I write manuals, so I, I still have my hands in the, the toolbox, let's say. But I had time to sit back and say, did I see signs, early signs, that I was having a heart attack long before I went into the hospital? The answer is yes. And I can almost, without a doubt, say it's, my first signs were two years prior to having the heart attack. And it started out with just a sharp pain in the chest, which you thought, oh, it's just, just a sharp pain. It went away in a minute, 30 seconds. So you ignored it. And then that sharp pain would come back months later. And then you ignore it again because it went away. Then you get to the point where you're just slowing down and you just can't, you can't climb the stairs as fast as you used to. You did you know, and not everything seemed to take longer. So what did you do? You ignored it. And you kept ignoring it until you got to the Widowmaker, which is what they call that blockage that literally kills anybody that gets to it. And if you don't get to the hospital in time, you're a dead man. Oh, and the question would be, what would you do differently if you knew you were going to have a heart attack? What would you do? Well, I think the first thing to do is listen to everyone around you. They're going to tell you that you're having a problem. You may not know it because it comes and goes. They see the problem. I would definitely say pay attention to your loved ones. They know better. Otherwise, you're in for one heck of a life change, and that's what's going to get you. So get yourself checked out. Um, I have a younger brother. He's 10 years younger than I am. And after my, my ordeal in the hospital, 
I didn't ask him to go get himself checked out. I just dropped him in the car and took him and said, you're getting your ass checked out, buddy. And he did. And luckily, he's, he's fine. He doesn't have any problems. Even then, I, I would say if you have any inclinations that you might be a candidate for a heart attack, go get checked out. And then I guess the, the thing you should ask yourself is, should you be preparing yourself for a change of life if this is in your future? Yes. Financially, emotionally, and physically. Everything needs to be adjusted. You, you, you cannot do what you did before. Um, I'm not going to lift uh, the head off an engine ever again. That's out. I'm not going to be planking over top of a motor as I used to. No, that's out. Um, you know, there's just certain things you're just not going to do anymore. Um, some things never change, but some things will change forever. And uh, I would definitely say set yourself up. You know, make sure you've got uh, a financial um, backing or some way that you can uh, affordably live without going bankrupt. Um, uh, keep in mind that uh, insurance is going to be your best friend, and uh, you know you are going to meet your deductible and then some. So with this, because the my surgery ran four hundred and fifty thousand dollars if it came out of my pocket. So just keep this all in mind, guys and gals. Um, don't mess around with this. This this is some serious stuff. Um, if it wasn't for uh, my wife insisting <laughs> that I go to the hospital that night, I may not be here to talk to you today. Um, I think one of the worst experiences was in the hospital. Um, my daughters flew in from out of state. They're both from out of state. Um and I sat there in the hospital room waiting to get the final check-ins. I wasn't even hooked up to a machine. One daughter's got a hold of my left hand. One's got a hold of my right hand. And they're both sitting there going, Pop, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You're going you're gonna to get through this, Dad. You're going to get through this. And I had a heart attack hit right then. And my only thought was, hey, idiot, don't die with your daughters holding your hands. Pull yourself through. And luckily, they brought me a nitro pill it got me back up. That's when they said, yeah, buddy, you're going in for a, a major operation. So, But, uh, yes, definitely um, take care of your health. Pay attention to yourself. And let. And if somebody else says, hey, you look a little peaked today, don't go, oh, ah, that's nothing. No. Get yourself checked out. Thanks for listening to For the Record. From Remarkable Results Radio. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening app. Find all Remarkable Results podcast content at remarkableresults.biz. Remember.